We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings Fantasy Football Rankings Update, and the majority of week two of the preseason playing time notes and some injury news. Two games have not happened as of yet. You have the Saints and Chargers on Sunday night, then the Ravens and Commanders on Monday night. I'll do a re-up midweek with those like I did last week for Dalvin Cook in the Ezekiel Elliott signings. You can find those up on Mayo Media Network right now. Sub! To Mayo Media Network, by the way, smash the like while you're here as well. Or if you just like audio podcasts, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Apple, Spotify, leave a review while you're there as well. All the rankings are completely updated. They're down in the description right now. If you just want to Google them, Pat Mayo, DraftKings Nation, or DraftKings Network, whatever they're calling it these days, Make it easy on yourself. Uh, I'll be updating them with any sort of major news that happens throughout the week. And then a complete fresh update on Wednesday and over the weekend again, as well as you prepare for your season-long leagues. If you want to make your own rankings with your own projections completely free, head on over to runthesims.com, sign up with an email address, and boom, you can go into the projections builder for season-long and create your own rankings and kind of mess around. It's a lot of fun to go mess around, and I mentioned it's completely free, so there's no hassle to go do that. If you want the DFS or betting tools for the year, uh, runthesims.com, code MAYO, will get you 10% off all packages that are up there right now. Let's get into it in terms of the team-by-team recap. Let's start with Carolina because Bryce Young played a bunch, um, so that's really nice. Hayden Hurst is always on the field for the Panthers. He Listen, he's a very low upside but potentially consistent tight end to look at throughout the course of the season. Like He was fringe top 10 uh, in Atlanta one of those years, and it just looks like he's constantly going to be on the field. So I bumped him up a little bit, and when we get to Greg Dulcich in a minute, I basically just bottomed him out in terms of the tight end ranking. So Hurst I have coming in at tight end number 11 right now. He's not a priority target. Basically, there are 10 tight ends that you should really consider drafting, you know, with I mean, even Evan Ingram, like how high are you really going to draft Evan Ingram, right? But when you get to Hayden Hurst and then you need to fill out your tight end spot, like you have 
Irv Smith, who sat out with the Bengals this week, along with all of the starters. That's good news for him going forward. So you have just a bunch of these guys from, like, when you take a look at the rankings, 11 through 20. Like, for example, Cole Komet. People like Cole Komet. He's one of three tight ends for the Bears that sat out this week with the starters. Like, they don't know what's going on in Chicago. So Hayden Hurst, I think, is the best of that group from a consistency basis. His touchdown upside will probably be pretty limited to tell you the truth but the fact that he's played basically every snap with Bryce Young means he's going to be on the field better than you know Michael Meyer or something like that where we don't know how much he's going to play does Meyer have better upside maybe how about Dalton Schultz who when we get to the Texans notes is not playing quite as much as you would hope for for someone that they signed to big money that people are drafting I like Hayden Hurst a little bit better so I bumped him up in the rankings uh, as it goes with tight ends uh, you don't necessarily uh, he's not inside my top 150 overall put it that way like there are backup running backs and third string receivers that I would take for more upside but eventually you have to fill out your tight end slot and if you don't pounce early on a tight end and you feel like the other guys aren't of great value, then all of a sudden Hayden Hurst is fine for week one and then just play it by ear from that point. Only $3,000 week one on DraftKings. So that might not be a bad play. I have another min price wide receiver. I guess 3000 at tight end isn't min price, but it is quite cheap. I have a min price wide receiver who... Looks like he's earned the starting job, going to see a pretty good target share, market share of targets, especially in week one, if things continue to persist as they are, that if you are looking for complete punt plays, Hayden Hurst is one. We'll get to the other one here in a minute. Uh, they played 11 formation primarily with Bryce Young, and it was clear who they wanted to get reps with Bryce Young. It was Thielen, DJ Chark, and Mingo. Mingo had a really nice catch, a nice run after the catch as well. Dude's a tank. But DJ Chark being out there a ton, being completely undrafted in a lot of spots, not that you really want to over-invest in the Panthers' offense, but it is nice to see, at least have an idea of, okay, this guy's going to be on the field. It's not like, you know, and this more pertains to either player props or even week one on DraftKings. Your season long, like, you're not starting DJ Chark unless you're playing, like, a 24-team league. But maybe he emerges as the number one. I think that's it's not very cut and dry right now who the number one is going to be with the Panthers. It could be Thielen. It could be Mingo. It could be Chark. But Chark is the one that rarely gets talked about amongst this. Um, so that's the way to look at it. Hurst, like I said, played all the snaps. And he played uh, all 11 of Bryce Young's snaps week one of the preseason. Chuba Hubbard started at running back. Miles Sanders did not play in this game. But it's pretty clear cut that Hubbard is going to be the primary backup, the primary handcuff to Miles Sanders going forward. So keep that in mind when you're in your drafts. If you want a low upside running back, Chuba Hubbard might be your man. In Denver, Javante Williams played for the first time since tearing out his ACL. He played 13 snaps in his return to the field. Samaj P. Ryan played 11. Javante, despite not playing a ton of third downs, ended up with four catches and ran six routes in that game, so his receiving upside may be limited. However, this is a Sean Payton team. We know how Camaro was used. If they do want to split and just introduce more running back route patterns and passes to the running back from what we saw a year ago with Denver. That could be a huge boost to Javante Williams and to Samaj P. Ryan to give them both PPR value on a weekly basis. Do you think this is going to be a team that's going to throw the ball 60 times? I don't. But 
if they're going to run, let's say, you know, split between like, you know, 10 and 10, each of them, 15 and eight, depending on what it is, but they can both pick up three to five targets a game. And that would give them both standalone value, not an incredible amount of standalone value, especially with P Ryan, if he is not handling the goal line duties, which I would expect, you know, he'll get some, but Williams, if he is healthy, will be the primary ball handler in short yarded situations, or at least be on the field in those situations that obviously then, Javante Williams is going to be a better fantasy play. That's why I have him inside my top 20 of running backs right on the tier of... I can tell you right now as I go look at the updated rankings. I have Javante Williams at number 20. That's in the same range as like Madison, James Cook, Damian Pierce, who actually did have a nice little climb in the rankings this week after what I saw in his performance in terms of playing time with Houston this week. Jameer Gibbs is on that range, all above like Aaron Jones and Brees Hall and Miles Sanders. I think that they're now in that cut above tier. Not great by any circumstance, but a low-end running back too is what you're looking for there. Uh, second week in a row that, as I mentioned with Greg Dulcich, did not play a ton. He's really only coming in third downs. Is Adam Troutman. Sean Payton liked Troutman in New Orleans. He's brought him over to Denver and he's playing more than Craig Dulcich. So that's not great news if that's where you wanted to go. Probably in a void completely, especially, again, they're not passing 60 times. Like Marvin Mims is the wide receiver three playing behind Sutton and Judy getting in on those wide, rece wide receiver three sets. But I don't know how much standalone value he can have outside of catching a bunch of touchdowns. Maybe that changes as the season goes along. But entering the year, Marvin Mims will be the wide receiver three behind those two. Judy, Sutton, a bit closer, I have them, than a lot of people have them. And then Mims way behind in that circumstance. But the Rams... Not a ton of news with the Rams, mainly because all the starters rested for them in week two of the preseason. Puka did rest with the starters. We talked about Puka last week. Uh, that's probably bad news for, let's say, Demarcus Robinson or Ben Skoranek. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Or I'm yeah, now I can't even remember at this point. It's probably they might get cut. They might be the fifth string on this team. Although the Rams have plenty of injuries throughout the course of the season. We see this. So these guys might get promoted from the practice squad or whatever it might be. But if Skoranek is cut, that is good news for me because I am always just tempted to play. For whatever reason in my mind, I always think like, oh man, Skoranek, he can go like seven for 78 and a touchdown this week on 11 targets. That actually never happens. And he's just like terrible in fantasy. So better news if he's not on a team for my personal bank account moving forward with the Giants uh, you probably saw it on Twitter but Darren Waller sucked up half the targets from Daniel Jones I liked Waller coming into the year the only thing holding back Waller is that fear that he's going to just injure himself somehow because it seems to happen almost every single season but he is one of the elite tight ends I think he's closer to Mark Andrews than Andrews is to Travis Kelsey and he's, a, he's firmly a part of that second tier like I like Waller better than I like Kittle for example. Uh, and I think that a lot of people do as well. But with the rest of the team, you saw Jalen Hyatt picked up some snaps with the starters. That was nice because uh, Daniel Jones ended up playing, but he ended up catching his touchdown later on in that game. Uh, it was Hodgins and Slayton and then Paris Campbell were getting the majority of the reps at wide receiver uh, while Daniel Jones was on the field. Uh, Wendale's still on the pup list right now, so I have no idea how he factors into any of this. James Robinson in the backfield may be cut if we're searching for who the backup primarily is going to be to Saquon Barkley. Breda was the primary back for Daniel Jones, so it's probably Matt Breda, but you know, you want to make other guys 
happen as well, because that's just how we do in fantasy football. Eric Gray got some run. Uh, Jashan Corbin is still in the mix in this spot, but it's probably Breda, and it probably wouldn't be a full timeshare should Saquon Barkley end up going down. So just keep that in mind. Uh, but Eric Gray does seem to maybe be the number three right now because James Robinson appears like he is being phased out in the Giants offense and may not make the team. With Vegas, I talked about Damian Williams a bunch last week as a hypothetical. People got, like, mad about that. Whatever. Uh, he didn't play, so I guess I was wrong. <laughs> that we're probably not going to see a bunch of Damian Williams, although he had just signed with the team. But it's curious not to see him on the field. No movement on the Josh Jacobs front on whether or not he's going to play in week one due to this contract dispute. I would say worst case, he misses week one. He's still probably going to play. I'm going to continue to rank him. And even if he misses a game, who really cares? It's like the Alvin Kamara situation where if he misses three games, I don't really care. I want to draft Alvin Kamara this year. He's still going at a very good discount. I have him as running back number 14. So he's right by Najee Harris, Cam Akers, ETN, J.K. Dobbins, that tier of running back, despite the fact, like, I don't care about what the overall totals say at the end of the year. I care about from week four to 17 when I'm playing fantasy football, is he going to be an elite running back? And it looks like he may be an elite running back. Once again, once he passes through this suspension, there's no easier time in fantasy football to fill in the blanks with guys that are hurt or guys that are injured than the first four weeks of the season when no one is on bye week. You have a full complement of players to choose from to fill out your roster. So get some bench space, get Alvin Kamara on your team. You're going to be very happy about that moving forward. So the Damian Williams stuff uh, may have been overblown from last week. We'll see how he still fits in if Jacobs doesn't play. This is Jacobs' role when Jacobs plays. Now on nine snaps, very limited sample with Jimmy G for Vegas. Zamir White played five of them. Brandon Bolden played three. Amir Abdullah played one. So it does look like Zamir White would be the lead. I am still dubious of whether or not he is going to be a workhorse back in week one if Jacobs, for, I was going to say if Jacobs doesn't play. For as long as Jacobs doesn't play, are we going to see a 75% snap share from Zamir White? I don't think so. And that's twofold. One, maybe he's not great. They don't trust him, whatever it might be. He'll still be the plurality of snaps and the primary ball carrier on the ground that's fine and everything but Vegas doesn't project to be very good this year they're going to be throwing a ton now maybe White can sneak himself onto the field and pick up some catches and then I'm completely wrong I'm wrong all the time but from the way that it looks it looks like Bolden and Abdullah Bolden might be a short yardage situation specialist anyway but he'll pick up some catches and then you the only reason to have Amir Abdullah on your team is to pass him the ball and special teams I suppose but if they're losing by a bunch you might see a big spike in Abdullah snaps and a big drop in Zamir White snaps now, if they're leading, you'll see more white. But if you don't expect them to be winning in games, you might not see a ton of white. So I think he's a bit trappy, especially week one on DraftKings, depending on how you see the week one matchup actually shaking out. Other news, uh, we saw Jacoby Myers play a ton on the outside with the ones. That was interesting to see because we think of him as a primary slot receiver. Uh, Jacob Johnson, the fullback, did sneak on the field for six of those. There's another guy who might pick up a short yardage carrier to a catcher to just to take away from the overall like unless it's Jacobs I don't want a ton to do with this backfield Atlanta 17 snaps for the starters in Desmond Ritter Bijan was the second back coming in behind Algier in the rotation but he ended up playing more. Kyle Pitts was the really interesting one because we saw Matt Collins with 14 snaps, Drake London with 12, Kaderil Hodge with eight, Kyle Pitts only nine. I don't know if that is it's something to monitor. It's not making me 
like or dislike Pitts any more than I do already. I think that he is firmly behind that Waller, Kittle, Andrews tier of tight end. He's like the very back end of that or the start of the next year. Those are all guys I would much prefer to have over Kyle Pitts. We can't deny his upside, but right now it's all theoretical because he's never proven that it's going to come through. Year one was good, over a thousand yards, but we need the touchdowns. We need him to be on the field a lot of the time for this to work for us. We're talking about fluid positions on the Falcons right now. Is Bijan going to play some slot? Like, I don't know what's going on with them. Everyone seems to love the Falcons. I don't. I just don't think that they're going to be very good. But that's me. Again, I'm wrong all the time. But Bijan, I have a little bit lower than everyone else at running back. Like, I have him right around Joe Mixon, uh, still behind Derrick Henry. That's running back number seven overall. I believe that makes me one of the lower people on him. I still think he's going to be good. I'm running back number seven. But I don't know if he's going to be the full-time workhorse. Like, there's a big difference between 350 touches and 275 touches. And we just have never seen the Falcons, under Arthur Smith at least, and even Arthur Smith in general when he was in Tennessee, they don't pass to their running backs. Now, maybe this is different because they finally have a running back they can pass to. But until I see it, I'm just not going to believe it. And I'll, I'm, listen, could Bijan be the number one running back in fantasy football? I actually don't think so. But I think there is a case that you could make that in a weird world that ends up, and it would have to do a lot with an overachievement in receiving and touchdowns. But those are really hard things to bank on with where he's being drafted. So it's probably going to be a pass for me, unless it's like a dynasty restart, rookie draft, whatever it might be. Obviously, he goes number one in those ones. But that's where we're at right now. So only nine snaps for Kyle Pitts. Cordero Patterson. He's going to be out a couple weeks with a soft tissue injury. He may miss week one. And we know about soft tissue injuries that they tend to be more reoccurring than anything else. So not that you were drafting Cordero anyway, but if you thought that he was going to be a thorn in the side of Algier and Robinson, stealing catches, stealing carries, whatever it may be, that may be less of an issue earlier on during the season. Uh, In Philly, Rashad Penny, there was talk about him being cut this week. Although during the game, he looked like the best running back on the field. I still like him the best of the three, but I guess we're going to have to wait and see when the final cuts come out because, you know, DeAndre Swift is getting some rest. We're seeing Kenny Gainwell continue to run with the ones and do the majority of the work with the ones. Gainwell might be the answer to this problem in this question, but I just think for pure upside purposes, Rashad Penny, whose value has really gone down down the hill over the past few weeks, especially in high stakes. Uh, Like if you play on the NFC, you'll see that Penny's been dropping behind both of them in terms of their draft position. I'd rather just, you know, it's cheap to take Rashad Penny. There's upside associated with him. Yes, he gets hurt all the time, but if it's not costing you anything, he is a home run hitter in an offense. It's pretty prolific. They're going to score touchdowns. And if Hertz isn't just rushing everything in from the five yard line, if Penny can get his hands on some of those carries, he's going to be pretty good in fantasy this year. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Washington. Sam Howell's sneaky rushing stats are ceasing to be as sneaky as they once were. Uh, people are catching on to that. I don't think that he's great. Uh, I'm not going to draft him in a one-quarterback league. That's probably pretty useless because this offense probably isn't going to be very good. But he's less of a secret. And of the jabroni quarterbacks this season, like if you're playing two-quarterback leagues, super flex leagues, I think Sam Howell's a decent option because we talk all the time about you know the code, this, the cheat code that brings – rushing quarterbacks to the forefront. That's why I like Anthony Richardson so much this season. And could he be god-awful? Yeah, of course he could be. But he also has a path to be a top three quarterback if he just runs all the time, a lot like Justin Fields a year ago. And Sam Howell is sort of like the the goober version of that. Like, he's going to run a bunch. He's going to give you a solid base every single week. I just don't know if there's any upside to, to go along with it. So for one quarterback, no thank you. For two quarterbacks, super flex, yes. Let's do that. Fire up some Sam Howell. And pair him up with Jahan Dotson. Or if McLaurin continues to fall down drafts, he could, you know, there's a very sneaky stack if you're still doing DraftKings best ball at the moment. You can prioritize better stacks, better players, and then pick up these idiots later on. Easy stuff, just like the Rams. Cup, Higby, Stafford. I mean, Cup is going to cost you a first-round pick. The other two, just wait. You can wait on those ones. Fill up the team with better, better players at the moment. Miami, uh, Taron Armstead. His leg injury is not as serious as it seemed when he was being carted off the field. He may still be ready for week one. That is a huge save to both Tua, this offense, and the offensive line. Uh, Devon A-Chain got buried this week. He got injured in the third quarter, but he was like number five on the depth chart. He's in really no fear of being released from the Dolphins because they drafted him primarily to be both a gadget and special teams player. But we saw Raheem Mostert get the start. Jeff Wilson sat with the rest of Jeff, Jeff Wilson sat. Jeff Wilson might be the starter. It might be Raheem Mostert. We don't know that yet. Selvin Ahmed looked good. So A-Chain's just going to have to really struggle to get touches in this offense. Uh, that maybe later on during the season, he could be pretty good in PPR leagues. Maybe he picks up a bunch of catches, and that is his primary role on this team. But as someone that you can trust, no thank you. I dropped him way down. I, I did actually have him up after his performance last week. Maybe I overreacted. Listen, there's no maybe. I overreacted a little bit too much to A-Chain in that spot. Maybe somewhere throughout the course of the year that if you see him start playing more snaps or get integrated into the offense, you can pick him up because – if he is drafted, he's going to be cut after week one or week two anyway by whoever drafts him in your season-long redraft league. And then you can just kind of wait, put him on the watch list, see what happens, monitor his situation moving forward. Buffalo, we got some answers on, I think. The starters played, and 14 of the 16 running back snaps went to James Cook. That's great news. Uh, again, he's number 18 in the running back rankings on that Madison, Pierce, Gibbs, Javante, Williams tier. I like James Cook a lot this year. Uh, when we take a look over at runthesims.com, uh, you can kind of bring it up. You just click on Buffalo. Obviously, I'm just kind of doing this right now. Running back number 12 on the air. I think that still might be a bit high as shown by my rankings where I have him at 18. Still, you can really create a path. Now, we haven't seen Damian Harris play at all 
in the preseason. So it's not Latavius Murray taking away from him at the moment. Would Harris take away the short yardage situations? That's the fear that comes with James Cook. And plus, you always have the out of Josh Allen just becoming the Bills running back on goal line and short yardage situations, which we would want from James Cook. But right now, they have yet to bring anyone else outside of Damian Harris in. How he's going to impact play, we do not know as of right now. But the driver's seat and starter's job appears to firmly be James Cook. And when you can get access to a high-powered offense and a running back who might play 70% of the snaps, sounds like something you got to do. And he's still not being drafted very highly. He's starting to be moved up a little bit at the moment, but he's not going within the first five rounds, which if you can get him outside the first five rounds, he's a fantastic pick. So James Cook, I like a lot. In terms of the receivers, we're getting some more clarity. We saw a lot of Davis. We saw a lot of Diggs. This we know. Uh, Dalton Kincaid played a bunch, but Dawson Knox has a finger injury. He wasn't playing. So we still don't know what the split is going to be between those guys. And Kincaid only saw one target from Josh Allen in that game and then played a lot with the number twos. Deontay Hardy is the big one, though, because Deontay Hardy had as many snaps as Trent Shearfield, Shakir, and Shorter combined. He was the primary slot receiver in three wide receiver sets when you had Diggs and Davis on the field with Josh Allen. So, again, getting access to this offense. We've seen Isaiah McKenzie and even Shakir be reasonable as fill-in plays or DraftKings plays as the slot receiver on this team. If it's going to be Hardy who is filling in that spot this season, especially early on, maybe gets replaced later on if he sucks, that is someone to put on your radar very early and try to capitalize on that playing time earlier on in the season. Season long, you probably don't care unless you're in the super deepest of leagues. But you know, again, player props, week one on DraftKings. Uh, once we get the complete, I believe after week three of the preseason, we'll update Run the Sims week one for the simulations projections. And I bet you Deontay Hardy is going to be pretty good uh, versus whatever his player prop is. That's one of the tools that you can use on Run the Sims as a part of the premium package. Just the range finder in terms of player props to see where you can find, A, the best player prop number available for all these players and their percentages of how they're going to do in week one. You just see a bell curve. How often do they go over that number if you simulate the game 10,000 times? It's one of the best tools we have at runthesims.com. Code Mayo for 10% off, by the way. For Seattle, Ken Walker is looking like he's going to be cleared with that groin injury by week one, but he is not playing right now. Chalbonnet got the start over DJ Wiki Wiki Dallas in week two with the starters with Geno Smith and everyone playing. So it's going to be Charbonnet. It's going to be Walker, then Charbonnet, then DJ Dallas, maybe on third downs that we see with the starters. Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, got a ton of run with the ones this week with Lockett kind of taking a step back. They don't want to run these guys too much into the ground. I still think he is firmly the number three. And with the tight ends, be it Fant, be it Will Disley, whoever, they're all just splitting snaps. And they're playing some jumbo formations as well where all of them are on the field at the same time. You don't want anything to do with these guys. New Orleans, uh, Kendry Miller finally returned to practice. He should play in the Sunday night football game with the Chargers. We saw a ton of Camaro last week, and we'll see how Miller integrates in with the ones. Uh, and when I spoke with Kyle Yates on Wednesday or Thursday, whenever the hell it was, talking about the Ramondre Stevenson, Zeke, Delvin Cook, Brees Hall situation, uh, we touched briefly on Camaro because I really like Camaro. I think I'm w well above market on where he's going. He's going to be a priority target for me. Now, if Kendry Miller comes in and he runs a 
100% of the snaps with the ones, then I'm not feeling so good about Alvin Kamara. But we saw Kamara play way more than Jamal Williams with the ones last week. We'll see how that happens again. It's one of the main things that I wanted to look at in week two of the preseason. But of course, when I record on Sunday mornings and that game happens on Sunday night, I'm not going to have that information until midweek, or until Sunday evening at least. When I update the rankings on Monday, then that will be reflected. I just think that if you have Kamara and you could have cut him and he has a three-game suspension, but you didn't do that, I have a hard time believing that Kendry Miller is just going to come in and be the number one and then you're just paying Kamara a bunch of money to do nothing. That makes no sense to me. He would, would been He would have been better off being cut at that point, so you don't have to deal with this headache. That didn't happen, so I'm firmly in the camp that Kamara is going to be the guy when he is there. Tampa Bay, Russell Gage, out for the season. Bad news. Don't know what they're going to do at wide receiver three. It still seems like they're playing roulette right now in the preseason, trying to figure out who that guy is going to be. I still think that Mike Evans is perpetually undervalued in drafts this season. There's no change between, unless you really think that he has fallen off a cliff athletically, then I see no reason not to draft Mike Evans right now. He's higher up in my rankings than most. I have him at wide receiver number 21. I have Godwin at wide receiver number 17. If they're going to be a bad team in a bad division that's going to have to throw a ton, and now the number three wide receiver is out for the year, I mean, they could combine for over 50% of the market share of targets this year. They might not be great targets coming from Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask or Blake Trask or whatever the hell that dude's name is. It's going to be Baker. Like he's, he's sitting as the starter right now. So he's going to be the guy in week one. He's going to chuck it up to them. So even if they're bad targets through volume alone, that Mike Evans should be fine. Not going to guarantee he's going to be fine, but I'm drafting him. That's the way that I want to play this out. Cause he's cheap at the moment. You might get a wide receiver, a fringe wide receiver one, just based on volume, based on the way that Mike Evans is utilized within this offense. And the fact that they have to throw a ton Arizona. This is the other one that I wanted to throw on to the Hayden Hurst week one DraftKings play. It's Michael Wilson. And it's not the fact that I'm way behind on Michael Wilson, but I just wanted to see it again in week two. Dorch hasn't played a snap with the starters yet. This team is going to suck. They're going to be trailing and they're going to be throwing a ton. Hollywood Brown is their number one. Absolutely. Trey McBride's going to get a ton of run at tight end, at least until Zach Ertz comes back, or maybe they play them both at the same time. But Michael Wilson is starting for this team at wide receiver. Rondell Moore is coming in in three wide receiver sets to play the slot, but Wilson's just going to be out there. Now, is he any good? This I do not know. But I know that he's going to be on the field. And I know week one on DraftKings, he's $3,000 against the Commanders. They're six-point dogs. They should probably be more. We'll see. Uh, Maybe I'll end up picking Arizona against the spread. Who knows? We're not on to week one serious yet. But just to put it on the radar, this could be a guy who gets 25% of the targets on the Cardinals from Colt McCoy. That's not great, but he might throw 55 times. So through volume at $3,000, Michael Wilson, pretty good. Not bad. You don't want them in season long. I don't think so, at least, just because I don't think that they're going to be that prolific of an offense. But if you're trying to mine cheap value so you can get Justin Jefferson pounded in your lineup, you know, Hayden Hurst and Michael Wilson, at least right now, appear to me as two of the better value cheap punt plays on DraftKings in week one. KC, the receivers are just running a rotation. We still don't know what's going on with Kadarius Tony. Doesn't know he's going to play for a while, but Marquez Veldez-Scantling is the one who's playing the most besides Travis Kelsey. 
He's not going to be on the field 100% of the time, but I would bank on him being the receiver out there the most with Patrick Mahomes, at least at the start of the season until they figure out what the hell is going on. Or maybe they don't care. Maybe they'll just continue to run a rotation of wide receivers. But MBS is... I mean, people are talking Sky Moore. Got to get Sky Moore. Like, you probably don't need to get Sky Moore. MVS is probably a better play. Dallas, uh, there was a report that Malik Davis was in danger of getting cut, which is strange, but he did not start this week with Pollard sitting and the starter sitting. It was Uncle Rico, old Dwaddle, is, I guess, the primary backup. I still think this is better news for Deuce Vaughn than anything else. Whether or not Malik Davis makes the team or not, it'd be better if he didn't make the team. Deuce Vaughn is probably better than Rico, but this is, A, great news for Tony Pollard, who's my number three running back in fantasy this season, because these guys are not going to push him. They might spell him, but they're not going to push him. So that's just great news for the amount of snaps that Pollard's going to play at all times. But I, I would guess if Pollard went down and Davis is cut, that you know, Rico's been there for so long that bringing in Deuce Vaughn might be the move here. So Deuce Vaughn would be my target in the Cowboys backfield if you're trying to mine handcuff or mine value should anything happen to Tony Pollard. Pittsburgh, Jalen Warren got two carries. He broke off a 62-yard touchdown, came in on a third down to spell Najee Harris, then stayed out for the first down, then boom, taking it to the house. Of note, Najee Harris's career-long run is 21 yards. I still have Harris above Warren because he's going to play more, but you know, I didn't love Najee coming into the year. People are trying to sell me on Najee Harris, but if this ends up being like a 60-40 split or even a 65-35 split in favor of Harris, I don't think Harris is going to be all that good. He would have to score so many touchdowns to make it up because that, and it's tough for him to score a bunch of touchdowns because they all have to be like goal line touchdowns because he's not breaking one to the house for 62 yards. That's going to be Jalen Warren. So... I don't know. I'm souring. I didn't love Harris to begin with. I was a bit lower on him than a lot of people, but I'm just, I, I'm not going to draft him. I don't think you should draft him either. That's where I'm at with Najee Harris, but it's hard to reflect that in rankings. That's, I mean, that's why watching the shows and getting some analysis about what I want to do. I mean, whether or not you care my opinion on things, you're watching it. So I guess you do. Or listening. Download the podcast. That'd be really nice. But Jalen Warren's going to be your home run hitter because Najee just isn't. So what 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 is Najee's upside in this situation? In the rankings, I have him at running back number 13. That's great and everything, because I have to rank him somewhere. But between Najee and Cam Akers, I think I'd rather roll the dice on Cam Akers. Although he's a hothead and got kicked out of practice. It might not be a great pick. But at least I would figure that they're both in similar situations where they're the ones on their own teams, but Akers might pick up more catches. He should mainly get the goal line work, and Akers can break one from a time or two. We've seen that before, and he's you now year two recovering from this injury, and so is Harris from his Liz Frank. But it just seems like they want to get Warren more involved. How much, I don't know, but if it's enough to take away from Harris and he's not going to have these big games, he's sort of like the anti-Rashad Penny in that way. He's always going to be out there. He's going to plot along with no big gains, where Penny is not going to plot along. He's going to be injured all the time. He's going to get minimal touches, but he might take two of them to the house for 80 yards because that's the type of runner that he is. So the lack of upside in-game for Harris, unless he is scoring short-yarded touchdowns, is just very hard for me to get behind as a running back one. As a running back two, sure, why not? That's just not where he's going at the moment. Maybe a fringe running back two. I'm firmly in the camp of mid-tier to lower end running back to on Najee Harris right now. Again, you can find the rankings in the description to find everything 
That's updated. With New England, Zeke didn't play, so Ramondre got short yardage stuff. That tells us absolutely nothing about how this is going to break out. I still like Ramondre. Broke it down with Kyle on one of those days. Again, you can go check that out. I still have Ramondre above Jonathan Taylor, behind Josh Jacobs as running back 10 right now, and one with considerable upside. I just don't know. If Zeke takes away that short yardage stuff, he's screwed in terms of a high-end running back. If he doesn't, Ramondre could be top five. So that's the gamble that you're willing to take this season. Uh, Devontae Parker, Juju, and Kendrick Bourne, the primary three on the field at receiver for the Patriots. Well, Mac Jones was in the game. We got a ton of Hunter Henry, but Mike Gesicki didn't play. I still like Henry more than Gesicki because Gesicki secretly reeks. Maybe he ends up playing the slot more than Kendrick Bourne does. I really don't care. Don't care about him. Hunter Henry, not that I want him. Rather have Hayden Hurst, for example, but he's in that tier of tight end right now if you happen to like him better than I do. Indianapolis, Richardson is going to be the starter. Great news. I have inside my top 10, a quarterback. I'll go down with the ship. You can find a quarter. Listen, if, if Richardson sucks, I can pick up Sam Howell to play quarterback for me. And then, you know, I still get those rushing stats. Ashton Doolin out for the year with an ACL injury. And I have legit no clue what's going on with Jonathan Taylor. He walked away from the team this week, acceptable by the team, personal reasons. I don't know whether or not he's going to be back for week one. We'll get more info actually before week one. So we should know this, but if you're drafting Evan Hall and Deion Jackson are the two because Zach Mostel is that broken forearm. I don't think that he's going to be back for week one. We'll see how he's rehabbing at the moment, whether or not he can sneak into the fourth preseason game. It's doubtful that he plays in week one right now. So Evan Hall and Deion Jackson. Jackson got the start, but Hall played more than Deion Jackson. I don't think you really want anything to do with this backfield, but if you had to take one, I'd probably go with Jackson right now. I'm still not shying away from Jonathan Taylor. I'm just not making him an active target. If he falls to me, great. Not going out of my way to get him at the moment. He's still being drafted very highly. And fun fact, Kenyon Drake is on this team. Didn't know that, but he's getting snaps and carries during the preseason for the Colts. We'll see how that goes. I really just think that you want Anthony Richardson. He's still going late enough that it's not prohibitive, even if he sucks, that it's going to like hurt your team dramatically because there's no easier position to pick up in a one-quarterback league than quarterbacks. You can just pick up Kirk Cousins, like whatever, Aaron Rodgers. These guys like basically aren't being drafted at the moment. Matt Stafford, go pick him up if Richardson sucks, but you're rolling for upside. Again, Hurts, Fields, is he behind these guys in terms of what he's going to produce this season? Probably. That's why I have him ranked behind those guys. But he's going multiple rounds later, like while like 50 picks after those guys. And we're trying to mine that upside. If you wanted to pair him with Alec Pierce or Michael Pittman, these guys are not going very high either. I, again, I'm not targeting, a like, I want him for his rushing stats. I really don't care what he does through the air. Just don't cripple yourself through the air. But if he does have a decent season through the air, one of these receivers is going to do something. So maybe you want to pair them up. I don't know. I would take Pittman over Pierce, but I don't know. Pierce is free. You might as well just take him to see how it works out. Minnesota, all the starters had the night off. That includes Jefferson, Osborne, and Addison. So there's your starting three at receiver. This we knew, but it's nice to have that confirmed for us. Green Bay, Jordan Love looks pretty good. When we get to the win total show in the season-long prop bet show, uh, the NFC win total show coming this week with Cust and Jeff, I like Green Bay. They have the same odds to win the division as the Bears do. I think the Bears are terrible. They might be the worst team in football. The Packers, maybe they are, but their defense is still pretty good, and maybe Love is not bad. If Love is not bad, they could win that division. They're 4-1 to to win the division right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. I think that's a pretty good bet. 
not saying it's a winner, but I think for the odds and the value that you're getting, it's looking pretty decently at the moment. So Watson and Romeo Dibbs played every snap with Watson. Watson ditto for Luke Musgrave. So a good note there for if you're trying to mine late tight end value. Jalen Reed was the only other wide receiver to play with Love. He was playing in the slot. He played half the snap. So good news for the rookie that he continues to get himself on the field. Now, weird situation brewing in that backfield. Aaron Jones, for the second straight game, played the first snap. He only played one snap, though. Then A.J. Dillon played the rest. I have no idea what that means. Maybe it's just, hey, here's your token carry. Here's your token snap. Get on the field, Aaron Jones. Keep yourself healthy. Or it just means they like A.J. Dillon more. I don't know. I think it's a confusing situation. If it was me, based on the value of where they're going, I have Aaron Jones ranked above A.J. Dillon right now. But if you see the noticeable gap of like 40 spots in ADP, I'd rather have A.J. Dillon at the price point just because he might be the, he might be the better back. It's like, it doesn't feel like a coin flip. It still feels like it favors Aaron Jones right now. But A.J. Dillon is a monster. This we know. We see the pitchers of the quads every single year. But this, I, I don't know what to make of it. And that's the one hard part about trying to break down the preseason and glean too much information. Like, is this the way it's going to be? I think when we look at Carolina, and any team that's playing a rookie at quarterback, I think that might make sense. And I think that could pertain to Jordan Love as well. I just have no reason to believe what's going on in the backfield is real because they might be working on a different package this week. They want to try to implement this to see how it works, and that doesn't involve Aaron Jones. And they really want to, like, triple down to see if this works with A.J. Dillon or not as a part of this specific package. We don't know the reasoning behind a lot of this stuff, so we have to make our best guesses. I still think it's going to be Aaron Jones as the starter. I think we'll see a ton of A.J. Dillon as well at the price point. I'd rather draft A.J. Dillon. Chicago, Khalil Herbert did not play with the starters. Good news for his prospects. He continues to move up the board for me at running back right now. He's running back number 28. That's in the same range as like Miles Sanders, Pacheco, James Conner, Kenneth Walker, Rashad White. I think he's going to be pretty good. I think he is the bear that you want to draft outside of Justin Fields, but Justin Fields is expensive. Khalil Herbert is not expensive this year, we saw Dante Foreman play with the starters. Roshan Bo Johnson uh, still played behind Tristan Ebner this week. So for as good as everyone says that he is, he's just not seeing the field all that much. Could he play, be a problem like week eight, week nine? Yeah, maybe. Maybe he becomes a starter then. I don't know. But right now, like he looks good against the threes of the other team. That's fantastic. He doesn't get to play against those guys in the regular season. In fact, it doesn't seem like he's going to play in the regular season at all early. He was coming off injury. Maybe they were easing into it. Maybe I'm wrong, but Herbert is just the guy that you want to have in Chicago right now at running back. Good price as well. Damian Pierce took every snap on the first two drives with C.J. Stroud. That is great news. He's the only running back on the field with him all game. Uh, Andrew Beck, a.k.a. the new pollution, played some fullback for three snaps, but it was just a lot of Pierce all the time. And you know, we didn't see him a ton on third down a year ago. Devin Singletary came in after him. So Singletary was active. He was playing. He wasn't taking away from Pierce. Maybe they're giving him extra reps. I don't know. I see this as a great sign for Damian Pierce, who was awesome last year until he hit the rookie wall and then got hurt. Later on in the year, I bumped him up again uh, from like the mid-20s to low teens with Gibbs, with Javante, with James Cook. I think he's firmly in that tier. He's the clear-cut starter on the Texans, so it's not a great offense. He's not going to score a ton of touchdowns, but yardage-wise, should be good every week. And if he can pick up some receptions, that is nothing but good news for his overall baseline fantasy value. 
It's hard to figure out the wide receivers. Uh, week one preseason hero, Tank Dell, hurt himself before the game, so he sat. So then we had Robert Woods and Noah Brown and Nico Collins all divvying up snaps with Stroud. It seems like Tank Dell's going to play a role here. John Michi basically like didn't play at all, didn't play with the starters, waited for the backups to come in. That wasn't great. Dalton Schultz was not on the field a ton. That's probably not good for his overall prospects. It's sort of like Dulcich. He's just not playing as much as you want. You have Tegan Quentin Tarantino playing a ton of snaps for the Texans right now. Um, Again, that just, if they're going to be, listen, if the offense isn't going to be good, then they're using a rotation of guys, then Pierce is the only one you want. Or Nico Collins, maybe. Or Robert Woods, if they're being basically undrafted or free, same as Tank Dell. You can take your shots and try to hit some upside and try to be correct. But all I can see right now, Damian Pierce, no one else. There's the Texans for you. Detroit, Mimsy got cut. So bye-bye, Denzel Mims. Amon Ra's banged up a little bit. He got hurt in practice, so he didn't play in the game. Jamison Williams is out for the rest of the preseason. Then he's suspended for the first part of the year. Interesting thing. So he hurt his hamstring, which is not great. So he's basically undraftable at this point, unless you really want to stash someone who might be good midseason. So he has a soft tissue injury, missing the rest of the preseason. Once week one begins, he can't use Lions trainers anymore to continue to rehab that hamstring. So he has to go out and find someone on his own of a high level to continue that rehab. He's not the best at decision-making, hence why he is suspended for the first part of the season for gambling with inside the building, which is something that you know you can't do. They tell you that, so if they tell him, hey, you need to get someone good to help you rehab this hamstring, you know, he might just not do it. Might stay at home on DraftKings, play some same-game parlays. I don't know what the hell he's doing, but that concerns me a lot. Um, you know, there was a lot of Teddy Bridgewater in this game as the backup, Craig Reynolds as the primary running back. That's great and everything. Sam Laporta sat with the other starters. So maybe I'm a bit too down on Sam Laporta. Laporta potty. Like how great can he be with a name like that? But now maybe he should be firmly in like ahead of Dulcich in that Hayden Hurst range along with who are the other rando tight ends that I have in there. Irv Smith is one of them. Bring up my tight end rankings. You can click on it down in the description. I updated them this morning, but like I said, I have like sort of the Big Ten. Yeah, he's like with Okongwo, Schultz, Hunter Henry, Trey McBride, Irv Smith, Taysom Hill, Jawan Johnson, that sort of range. That's where Laporta is going to come in this year, at least for my week for my week one ranks, my preseason ranks. Maybe that changes by the time week three comes along. Not afraid to switch midstream once we have some more viable information to go with. But good news for his prospects that he's sitting along with the starters. Uh, Tennessee, Traylon Burke, sprained his knee, could be okay for week one. He might miss week one. Starters didn't really do anything. Malik Willis was playing quarterback. Looks like he might make the team. And Will Levis might be like practice squad or injured reserve or whatever the hell happens. Levis not looking good in practice. I guess there's a reason that he fell in the draft. Who knew? Both these guys. Tennessee loves having great news for Tannehill. They have two backups who just fell in the draft. And it turns out they just weren't all that good, apparently. Cincinnati, no one played for the Bengals, but... Chris Evans did outsnap Chase Brown, eight to three with the starters. Take away from that what you will. Chase Brown is being drafted as the primary handcuff to Joe Mixon, not Chris Evans, but maybe it should be the opposite. I'm not really targeting either of them, although it would be a very good situation if Joe Mixon went down. I would still probably guess Chase Brown, but I think it might be more of a split than people think. Then Jacksonville, no starters, and 
nothing really a doing. Uh, you shouldn't be fearful of Travis Etienne. He got the night off with the starters. Tank Bisbee played far more than Jamichael Hasty, which is a flip from week one. It was 27 to six snaps between them. Um, is it clear that Tank Bisbee is the backup or is it that they wanted to see more of him to get an evaluation because they know what hasty can do already again preseason stuff you have no idea what's going on with some of these backfields but another interesting thing to watch bigsby who people like to maybe take over some of the work from travis Etienne. that maybe that's not the case as much but right as of right now if this continues to persist with bigsby and hasty playing at the same time and bisby's just blowing him out of the water in terms of snaps and touches then it's going to be him but we have one week to go off of that is a flip from week one so maybe week three will be the rubber match the decider for what happens in the jags backup running back race all the stuff you need to know in the preseason so those are the team by team notes this week uh, again there's more stuff two more games still happening in week two so i'll have an update on those midweek plus all of the regularly scheduled content we have the best of you know betting strategy this year that i do with rob pozzola that's going to be going up nfc win totals is going up i think i'll have a college football preview this week as well so a lot of good stuff coming on the pat mayo experience this week and then you know, we're getting pretty close to game time which means all the regular shows are coming back with me rob and cam we're doing a super draft with me rob cam tim and cuz that's going to be a lot of fun plus the regular pick show rankings with Sealy, all that fun stuff coming at you so subscribe to mayo media network on youtube smash a like or if you want the audio podcast the pat mayo experience on apple or spotify put it in your ears okay i'm pat mayo i'll see you next time experience experience